Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. They seem lifeless and motionless, and then all of a sudden, a documentary comes out. It's, some of you will catch that in a minute. It's a documentary. It's called Toy Story. comes out, and in this documentary, the research proves that when we leave the room, all of our little toys that were all confined in our toy box suddenly come alive, right? They, they, they interact with one another, and so we get caught up in the story of, uh, of these, these uh, inanimate objects that, that all of a sudden have life. And so then in Toy Story, we're introduced to all the characters of Andy's bedroom. There's great characters like Rex the Dinosaur and Porky the Piggy Bank, right? And here's another one that comes in in, in Toy Story 2. Pete, the, what? Stinky Pete. Yeah, the prospector, correct? All these great uh, characters. There's Bo Peep. There's uh, all, uh, the aliens, the army men. There's Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head. All of these great characters. And then all of a sudden, uh, we're introduced to the star of the show, Sheriff Woody Pride. He's a ragdoll cowboy and he runs the show, right? And he's the main guy in charge. He's Andy's favorite toy. And then all of a sudden, Andy has a birthday, and he gets a brand new toy with brand new, he's got all the latest technology attached to him, and his name is Buzz Lightyear. That's right. And so uh, he arrives on the scene, and things get kind of tight, and things kind of get uncomfortable because of the tension, because there's a new toy uh, on the scene. So something happens when Buzz arises, arrives on the scene that is, it carries on throughout the entirety of all the, the, the movies that come after it. It's, it's an interesting exchange. There's an interesting thing that happens. I want to draw your attention to it this morning. You'll recognize it probably immediately and it carries on throughout the succeeding movies and we'll talk more about that. But I want you to see what happens when Buzz is brand new on the scene and he's, he's kind of on the outs a little bit. See what takes place and how this goes down. So here's this interloper. He's suspicioned. He's on the outs. They're not really sure uh, if, he, if he's part of them or not. And all of a sudden, Buzz lifts his foot. And on the bottom of his foot, Andy had written his name in permanent ink. And that what's inscribed there, uh, it changes everything. He goes from an outsider looking in to now he's part of the family. Now he's accepted. Now he's one of them. And it brings him into the fold. And, and, and it's all because Andy's 
name is written on the bottom of his boot. It is an indication of who he belongs to. It authenticates him. All right, are you with me? Okay, so, so a couple things that I think that we need to know from uh, this particular scene and as it carries throughout uh, the, the succeeding movies is, is this, is that if you, and if you're familiar with the movie, now if you're not, let me help you. Buzz, when he arrives on the scene, is having identity issues because Buzz thinks he's the, an actual space ranger. And so he's struggling with this identity issue and with the help of Woody and by the fact that he sees Andy's name on the bottom of his shoe, he finally comes to grips with this fact. He's a toy. He's not a real space ranger. He's a toy. So, so with the help of the other toys and seeing the name on his foot, he recognizes who he really is. The second thing that is taking place here is he's having problems fitting in. He's not accepted. He doesn't feel like he's part of the family, right? And it all changes the moment he discovers Andy's name on his boot. Uh, a couple things that I want to teach you out of this, and that is this, is if there's no mark, it equals confusion and exclusion. All right, so, so let, me, let me try to help you this morning. You, you may be saying, well, well, what are you talking about? I want to say to you this morning that, that when you don't have the mark of your master on you, then you will struggle to know who you are because you will not know whose you are. So you will struggle to find your place. You will struggle to fit in because people will hold you at arm's distance. And they, won't, they, they don't mean to, but they will exclude you because they don't know if you're part of the family. And that makes us a, a little uncomfortable at times. But we need to understand, even in this day and age that we live in, when everybody's preaching inclusion, can I just tell you that exclusion makes sense? It's common sense. Like, have you ever tried to buy something at Sam's without having the card? You're excluded. Ever gone to Costco and tried to buy something without joining the club? You're excluded. Ever joined a gang? Okay, I don't think any of you have. You're too nice. You're too pretty this morning. You all cleaned up. But, but even in that system, we recognize that if you don't have the mark, you don't fit in. You're not part of the crew, the crowd. So some of you are wondering why you're struggling to know who you are and what you are supposed to be about in your life and where's your place. And what I want to say to you this morning is that it, it, there's a truth that we need to come to grips with. And the truth is this. It, those answers are only discovered by those who bear the mark. It's only when you get the mark do you understand who you are and where you fit in. So, so don't, I don't want you to misunderstand me. If you don't know who you are and whose you are, and you don't know where you fit in, can I just inform you that people all around you will try to label you and tell you who you are? Oh, that, they'll work on, work on it, and they will mislabel you and mishandle you, and they will try to tell you who you are. But in order for you to discover who your master wants you to be, you have to have his mark on you. You say, well, what are you talking about? How do you get this mark? The mark is only obtained when and if you, you believe in Christ as your Savior. I can prove it to you, all right? The only way you discover who you are is when you discover whose you are. And the only way that you ever figure out where you fit is when you get this mark on your life. And I can prove to you out of Scripture that the only way to get the mark is to believe in Christ as your Savior. Let me, let me prove it to you since you're looking at me like that. Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 13. And you also became God's people when you heard the true message, the good news that brought you salvation. Here it is. You believed in Christ and God put his stamp. 
One, one version says he put his mark of ownership on you by giving you the Holy Spirit he had promised. The Spirit is the guarantee that we, will, we shall receive what God has promised his people. And this assures us that God will give complete freedom to those who are his. Let us praise his glory. When you get the stamp, the mark on Here's another one. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. It is God himself who makes us. He's, he's our master, by the way. It is God himself who makes us together with you, sure of our life in union with Christ. It is God himself who has set us apart, who has placed his mark of ownership upon us and who has given us the Holy Spirit in our hearts as the guarantee of all that he has in store for us. There it is in black and white. When you believe the good news, when you believe in your heart that Jesus is who he said he was, in that instant, at that moment, the owner of everything walks into your life and he stamps you. He marks you. In Toy Story terms, you, at that moment, you become booted. You, you, get, you, get a, you get his name right there on your foot to tell you who he, he is and who you are and how you fit in. That's why Paul so often says this to us over and over again. I'm going to show you over and over again. He says to us that we need to live our lives marked in Christ. Another way he says it, he says, in, in, I started looking up all of his letters in the New Testament. That's what it is. It's letters. It's epistles. He's writing all these churches and, and he encourages us us to do a couple things he says be in Christ or he says be in him or be in the Lord and he says that 160 times throughout all of his letters 160 different occasions Paul says to us be in Christ be in him be in the Lord. He is literally saying it over and over and over again. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Because he recognizes that the mark is essential to be able to live our purpose, to be able to find our destiny, and to be able to belong to the family. We must be in Christ. We must be marked. So then, Paul is really good about this. He, he explains to us, what this mark does for us. I, I, it's one thing for me to say, say from the, the platform or the microphone, hey, you need to be in Christ. But, but why? What are the benefits of being in Christ? Why, why should you believe the good news? What's so good about the good news? Why should I even worry about being marked? Well, Paul tells us. He takes time in Ephesians in the first chapter and he teaches us what this mark does. And it does for us exactly what it did for Buzz. Okay, y'all didn't know Toy Story was in Scripture, so let me see. So, so this mark that we receive when, when, we, when we believe in Christ as our Savior, it, it does these things. It reveals that we are adopted as His sons. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5, He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Christ Jesus according to the purpose of His will. So this mark makes us a part of His family. That's what it did for us. The second thing it does is it, makes, it, it helps us come to this place where we are accepted. First, uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 6. To the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. So even if I re experience rejection from people around me, I'm accepted by my Father because of the mark. Okay, then, then He goes on and He says not only are you accepted, He says we are redeemed. 
That's good news this morning. We sang it. We're not alone. We're redeemed, right? He amazes us. He redeems us. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins. So not only when we are marked do we find uh, acceptance and not only do we find adoption, we find redemption. At that moment, we become clean. At that moment, we, we become brand new. That's good news this morning. Anybody else think it's good news that you get to start all over? That's what happens when we're marked. But it goes one more step in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. He tells us we are also chosen. When we are marked, we are chosen. In Him, we are also chosen to praise God's glory. Some of us uh, don't, we've never been chosen for anything. I, uh, anybody else experience that in kindergarten when they're, when they're making up the teams and you're the last one chosen and they choose everybody? There's like three, two people left and they always point at the other person and then they go, oh, and you can have... Right? Ever, some of y'all, some of y'all, some of y'all need counseling, and some of you were the guys picking, and it, we don't like you anymore. And, but, but, one of the beautiful things about the fact that when we accept Christ as our Savior, is we're chosen, we're marked, we become. So we need to be marked. I, I just want to say this to you this morning. Too many of us want the benefits of being redeemed and being chosen and being accepted and being adopted but we won't accept the mark and I just want to say you this this morning you don't get the benefits of the mark unless you have the mark because this is common sense. You don't, get, you don't get the benefits of being redeemed. You don't get the benefits of being accepted. You don't get the benefits of being chosen. You don't get the benefits of being adopted until you accept the mark. And the mark is this. I believe that Jesus was who he said he was. He came and he died for my sins. And he rose again on the third day so that I could have this mark on me. The good news this morning is that you can have his name written on you today. All you have to do is believe. So if you're in this room this morning or watching over the internet and you haven't received this mark, then it's very simple this morning. All you got to do is believe. At the moment that you believe, the writer says at that very moment, Jesus writes on your name that you are one of, uh, writes on, you, on your life, on your heart, that you're his name on you. You're one of his at that moment. He knows you. But there's another part of this story. It continues throughout the succeeding uh, movies. I, I want to show you another scene because this one's a little longer, but it shows you something else that takes place if we're not careful. So watch this.
So Woody's been captured by a toy collector and in the process they uh, are trying to restore him and they paint over Andy's name on his boot. And all of a sudden for the next few scenes, Woody forgets who he is. See, I want to submit to you this morning that one of the problems that we have and challenges that we face is that many of us that are already marked we struggle to remember who we are because we allow things or people or situations or circumstances to paint over the mark that God has placed on our life. We forget that, that we've been chosen. We forget that we've been accepted. We forget that we've been adopted. We forget that we've been redeemed. We forget all of that because of what we're going through, because of what's taking place in our life. And so I just need to ask you a question this morning. Do you remember the fact that you've been booted? You've had a mark placed on your life. At some point in your past, if you accepted Christ as your Savior and you came into the fold, then you need to remember who you are and whose you are because that will determine how you behave and how you live and how you impact your world. See, if the enemy can cover or conceal the mark on your life, then he can capture you. If he can cover your mark with bankruptcy, he can capture you. If he can cover the mark on your life with sickness or divorce or pain or, or dryness, then he can cause you to miss your purpose and your destiny and you will forget who you are. I just want to encourage you to remember. I want to encourage you to uncover your mark. I want you to peel off the pain of your life and remember that you're marked. I want to encourage you to scrape off the cover of confusion, to scratch off sickness, to dust off distraction because those things, the enemy tries to use those things to cause you to get your head down and forget and just go through life and plod through life and forget that you're special. In fact, I just want to say to you this morning that if we can ever get you to remember Remember the fact that you are marked, then you will also remember that you're different. Yes. I want to say this, make sure you hear this. I didn't say you were better. Because this is not an ego thing. This is not about me being better than everybody else around me. This is about us being different than everybody else around us. In fact, what we discover is that Buzz thought he was better. He comes to the conclusion by the end of Toy Story, he comes to this conclusion. He's not, he's not better than all the other toys. He's one of the toys. But he is different. And I don't remember, I don't know if you remember what it says about him that helps you realize that he's different. But he says this. He says, the other toys say about him, he's different because he can fall with grace. And isn't that the truth that when we're marked by the power of Jesus in our life, we're not better than everybody else. We're just different because we are marked. I want to remind you this morning that if you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior and you're in relationship with Him, you are different. That's why 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he talks about this, that we've, we're different. He says, but you're not like that, for you are a chosen people. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, you're different. You've been wanting to say that all morning long anyway. Hey, you're different. You're chosen. Then he says this. He says, you are royal priests. 
You're a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. But, but, but I want you to understand that's how we're different. But I want you to look at what takes place when we become marked with that difference. We live differently than everybody else. The, the writer in Colossians chapter 3 verse 12, he tells us who we are. Then he tells us how we're supposed to live. Look how we're supposed to be different. Here it is. It's written for us in black and white. We're supposed to be different. Are you ready? He's going to describe for us. If you're marked because you believe in Jesus, this is how we're supposed to live. He says this in Colossians 3 12. You are the people of God. He loved you and he chose you for his own. Now here it is. So then you must clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Wait a minute. That's different. Have you noticed that in our society, if you were to live like Colossians tells us to live, that's different. You mean I'm supposed to live with compassion and care about other people around me? That makes you different. I'm supposed to operate in kindness? That would make you different. I'm supposed to live in humility? Boy, wouldn't that make you be different in this society. I'm supposed to live with patience. Yes, that makes you different in this society. We are clothed differently. We are di we're not better. We're just different. And so this morning, here's the truth. There are only two categories of people in this room. Those that have been marked and those who have not. But I want to tell you this morning, you cannot experience the benefits of being marked without first being marked. Would you touch your neighbor and say, you need to be booted. Come on, tell them. You need to be booted. Yeah, if you haven't received the mark of your owner, your master, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, then this is your morning. But I also want us to do this because many of the people that you're sitting next to, they've been marked, they've just forgotten. Because life has dealt them difficult situations. Because they've gone through pain. Because they've been sick. Because they've been disappointed. Because life has broken them. They've allowed all those things to paint over the name on their boot. And they've forgotten that they're marked. So would you just, would you just look at somebody and say, Hey, if you're booted, you ought to live differently. Come on, tell them. You ought to be different. You ought to be different. I want to pray over you this morning. And I'm going to pray two prayers. First, I'm going to pray that those of us in this room that are not marked will accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of our life. It's the only way to be included in the family. It's the only way to get the benefits of the family. It's the only way to find your purpose. It's the only way that you'll ever know who you really are. But I also want to pray for those of us that have been marked that we would begin to live differently. That we would be clothed with kindness and compassion and gentleness and humility so that we stand out in the crowd because we're different. Father, this morning I pray over every individual under the sound of my voice. Father, I don't know their condition. I don't know their spiritual stance. I don't know where they are with you. I don't know what the status is. Maybe they're going through life right now, struggling, not really understanding their identity. They don't know who they are. They feel excluded. They're asking questions like, why am I here? What's my purpose? And they struggle to find the answers because they don't know you. Jesus, I pray in this very moment, even though we've already asked once in this service, I pray that in this moment, your Holy Spirit would do what you said it would do and it would convict us and it would draw us and it would woo us into the family. So this morning, Father, I pray that in this very special moment, in this very significant moment, if there's anyone here that's not marked, does not have your name on them, 
they would believe the good news because the good news is good news. We can be redeemed. We can be adopted. We can be accepted. And so, Father, I pray this morning that in this moment, lives would be changed. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around except my prayer team, only so that they can pray intelligently and we can put materials in your hands to help you on this journey. If you're here, you walked into this room, but you have not accepted Jesus as your Savior. You have not allowed Him to inscribe His name on you. This is your morning. This is your chance. If you're here and you want to be a part of the family, you want to find out who you are by finding out whose you are, would you just raise your hand then you can put it right back down? We will not embarrass you, I promise. We just want to make sure that you have the opportunity to be in this family with us. Anyone? Father, I pray that this morning, for those of us that have accepted your son Jesus, you would remind us who we are, whose we are, God, I know under my voice this morning, I know some of the stories of some of the people sitting in this congregation. They have endured hard times. There have been tragic moments. There's been things that have caused them to, to hang their head. And oftentimes, if we're not careful, Father, those things cover over that mark and we forget that we're different. So my prayer this morning, Father, first is that you will remind us that when we bowed our knee to you, Jesus, that we became different. That at that moment, when we accepted you as our Savior, our entire life, our identity, our purpose changed. And we're not who we were. We are different. But I also pray, Father, that we would also remember that mark so that we would live according to the, the plan that you have for us, which is this, that we would live with humility and kindness and compassion and gentleness. And Father, that we would represent you well because we're marked by you. So in this moment, Father, I pray that you would challenge us to live differently in Jesus' name. As we sing just for a brief second this morning, would you just, in your own life, in your own life, would you just ask yourself, am I living differently than everybody else? Come on. In the privacy of this moment, would you examine your own life and say, I'm marked, but am I different? Come on. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.